0: curious have you ever been on stage or perhaps you know someone who has or maybe you just like confidence in general come and join us today we've got Darek kill on the show Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. Welcome to Uplift, Uplifting Conversations That Set Your Heart On Fire. My name is Sarah Wade and I'm co-hosting today, possibly with or without my usual co-host, Neil Thrustle, who is probably getting off a plane right about now in Mexico, off for an amazing day. Meanwhile, I'm being joined today by a special guest. Joining us from Florida. we've got Ms. Dara Thank you for joining us.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Sarah.
0: Oh, pleasure. Hey, I want to get to know you a little bit more because some viewers watching are like, who is this Dara woman? So tell us a little bit more about you.
1: I am a traveling musician in Florida. I live in an RV and I play all kinds of venues, um, restaurants, bars, weddings, which are my new favorite to-do item. Um, And I've been playing music for about three or four years I decided to drop out of grad school and quit my job so I could do this full time because it was the thing that was really bringing me passion.
0: So it was that passion that, that sort of bubbled up inside of you and you literally like changed career paths. Was that a nervous decision or an empowered decision for you?
1: Uh, I would say empowered. Nice. I was, it was scary to whether or not it was going to work out. but. It was something that I felt that was right.
0: Yeah, And it's really important, isn't it? To follow that, that deep desire. Did you have people saying, no, don't do it? Or was everybody really supportive of you?
1: Back and forth. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm wondering if because, you know, a a few of us were on stage in one way or another, you know, whether it's on stage in a social media setting or we're on stage because we're in front of a band or whether it be at a wedding or a massive concert or a really beautiful intimate concert, do you have like a a pre-show routine to get you in the mood or or how do you go about quelling any nervous anxiety or things like that along the way?
1: Oh, good question. Um... I think starting out, I had to use some techniques that were, like, pertinent. Uh, now I don't really have to focus on it too much. But, um, like, to start out, I was, like, breathing. I was making sure that everything was, you know, I would get there really early so that my stage was set up exactly how I needed it to be um, so that I could kind of see the crowd and, and as- associate with them a little bit, you know, to kind of get a feel and get felt like I was at home, you know. Um now I just kind of use an anchor, bring myself into a good spot and nice. and, and kill it.
0: Beautiful. So for people who are at home, like, why is she rubbing her finger right now and talking about anchors? Don't they belong on boats? <laughs> Can we go into that a little bit?
1: Sure. So I think you know what an anchor is. I don't, you might have yeah. pointed That's out not. that I was uh, just pull it, pu- pushing on my confidence anchor. <laughs> so an anchor is um, you, you pick this feeling that you want to have, whether that be confidence or you know excitement, and you, you find a p- spot to touch. it could be your elbow or your ear. and, and you kind of just push on that and it brings you to that sort of physiological response to the uh, memory based feelings.
0: It makes sense. Yeah, I remember um, seeing portraits, you know, from years gone by. You see royalty with their hands behind their back, holding onto their lower back and then feeling quite confident. And I don't know if they knew back then, but I wonder if that was their anchor to, yes, I'm in charge, I've got this. Yeah. So you, with that, that confidence on your finger, has that been something that you've installed recently or was it something that you've had over the years that have helped you with your stage presence?
1: I think it was probably more recent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it, that- at, least, at least consciously, it was recent. If I was doing that before, I didn't recognize it.
0: As okay. Makes sense. Since I've noticed a lot of musicians when I've gone out to as, a, as a, um, a fan to witness shows, you know, they have a bit of a routine. They sort of walk around the stage maybe they check their set list or, they, you know, they do a movement that if you go and see them a lot of the time, like I've seen you do that before, it's that anchor. So, again, whether they know it or not, we've all got this way of going about our time to feel that confidence, right?
1: Right.
0: So if you were... And if, if if you were to be approached by a new musician and, you know, they're very comfortable in their home, they can play and sing in the shower without any problems, what would you say maybe the three next best things that they could do would be to develop that stage presence?
1: Well, the quick and easy answer is to just go and do it all the time. You know, any opportunity you get, whether that be in front of a group of people that you're familiar with or in front of a group of strangers, Uh, like open mic nights, whether that be joining a club like Toastmasters and continuing to develop that ease on stage. That's definitely one, is just taking the opportunities when they arise. Another thing would be to, um, you know, develop, like you were saying, some kind of technique or thing that you go through that takes you back into that mindset. So whether that be like some deep breathing and take, you know, a couple of stretches. I I used to do stretches all the time when I was getting on stage because it would kind of release some of that anxiety that I would hold on to.
0: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And I suppose when your body is holding on to that anxiety, you're not going to sing your best or, or play your best in whatever your musical instrument is. Would that be fair?
1: Yeah, I would say so especially if you've got like all the anxiety in your shoulders or if it's in your throat, how are you going to sing if you've got, you know, your throat's like, oh, I don't think so. This is not for me right now.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, cool. Yeah. I know that, you know, I've, I've gone to karaoke before and, you know, at the start of the night, I felt a bit tighter. you know, but come to the end of the night, there I am singing to my heart's content, just like I would be at home. And and i'm wondering if this is something again you know you mentioned before just doing it you know going to those more open night nights and, and doing it more regularly how long does it take like if you're out every week for you what have you noticed in yourself or others how long that how long does that confidence cycle take to to get to where you you're at currently
1: so for me i've i've been doing this for quite a long time and when i started i was doing karaoke like on the weekends or after school. And I did that for years and still did not really develop a whole lot. It wasn't something I did consistently. And um, I, when I started getting consistent with it, it still took me a lot, like a year maybe,
0: maybe a mm-hmm. year and a
1: half to where like I could start moving my knees and blink regularly on stage.
0: You don't need to move or blink, do you, when you're on stage? Surely these are, like, human traits that you can just leave on the side of the stage, right?
1: (laughs) Well, I think uh, using body language and being open with the crowd in that way is going to help you engage your audience. And that's, you know, with music or even in any kind of speaking terms, um, by moving around and, and keeping their interest with these kind of sort of things. It definitely helps, and not only that, when you have their interest, it helps to build your confidence as well.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Having that that interest in your performer makes you not only want to go back for more because they put on a great show while you were there, it also makes you want to go to buy their merchandise, and more importantly, tell your friends. You know, jump on. Hey, whether it be jumping on socials or just having a a yarn with a friend, you know, hey, I just saw the most amazing musician like you go check out Dara Raquel music she was amazing like her air of confidence on stage she worked it she's moving here there and everywhere and I felt like it was just us is that the sort of um, emotions that you want people to have as they walk away from one of your performances, or
1: is this something else oh absolutely um, and, and it could be a great excitement it could be something where you know you're bringing tears to their eyes by singing a song that reminded them of some experience. It's really like a whole healing that you can provide somebody with by just stepping out and doing it, regardless of how fearful you are of it on your end. It's really like taking the motivation outside of yourself.
0: Oh, Huge. So if that motivation is being taken outside of yourself, where do you actually draw that motivation to, to be yourself from?
1: Oh, that's a good one, Sarah.
0: I like to ask early questions.
1: <laughs> hmm. I'm not sure I know how to answer that one.
0: Yeah. I don't know that like some of my friends when they performed, you know, they would really draw their energy from the crowd. And if it was um, the kind of, uh, event where you know wolf whistles or, or just you know make some noise would happen and the crowd would get into it you know they would do the same show multiple times a day and throughout the week and having the difference between you know a, a loud and rambunctious crowd who are really getting into it versus the kind of more stiff quieter crowd that are watching instead of really interacting from, from at least the people that I've spoken to before, that's what they've said has been a huge difference. So, like, whilst they're, it's coming outside of them, it's filling them up in a most beautiful way. Does that resonate with you?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There are times, you know, and I think this happens to everybody, you you could play to an empty room or have, like, two or three people there, but the, the energy that you can still pull from them it's like a feedback loop, you know, like that's still there. It just makes it a bit more of a more intimate setting. So mm-hmm. rather than having a large group of all this energy coming together, it's just one or two individuals and it gets really, really personable, which is absolutely terrifying in certain situations. It may not be your mom and it it's like okay, but it it really is still external in that way and it's just allowing yourself to be open and authentic to still connect with them.
0: Yeah, and I can imagine as you're being open and authentic, you know, there's an air of vulnerability about that too. You know, you mentioned that music can heal people in, in multiple situations. So is being vulnerable part of your stage presence then or is would you say it's something else?
1: No, I think it is. I think it absolutely is. Um, it, it, when, it, when it comes to music, and I, you could talk to people who run groups for different types of people, you know, like having to share their personal story in order to give other people hope. Um, yes. but, but with music, it, it's kind of the same. Like to be authentic is really part of the job. Like in order to embody those songs that are really hitting home for them, you have to be in it and you have to be willing to share those emotions with them. If not, there's like this disconnect.
0: Yeah, makes sense. So does that mean that that might be part of maybe a formula for a good song, That, that, that
1: vulnerability? Could be, yeah. I mean, I would think it would be a, a good song, a good poem, a good speech. Yeah. Even a good Makes conversation.
0: True. Yeah. To be open and vulnerable and sharing, you know, it's a back and forth sort of situation, isn't it? You can't just be one person being yes and the other person being shut down. Yeah. Um, who were some of your early musical
1: influences then? Um, well, let me see. Probably, I was I was raised on 90s country, so Shania Twain and Leanne Rimes and Alan Jackson and Billy Ray Cyrus were some of my oldest ones that I can remember because that's what my grandparents listened to when I was growing up, um, and then as I got older, I kind of listened to, obviously, Britney Spears and all the pop music, and then I kind of got into harder rock, like Metallica and Disturbed and those kind of things. But I've always loved Def Leppard and the Beach Boys. And I, I come from a little bit of everything.
0: Sounds like it. Yeah. And I think, you know, having that little bit of everything makes you sort of feel confident depending on what you want to listen to, you know, different moods. Would that be fair to say? You know, you can evoke a different feeling from listening to Metallica than you would to to billy rice iris
1: yeah yeah Yeah.
0: nice yeah and and then have you found that one of those particular groups or, or musicians have influenced your current style
1: no currently i i just i like to play a plethora of things like i i do variety music and i find that for me that works really well because i market myself as a variety musician um, mm-hmm. so I can walk into pretty much any venue and it'd be an eclectic crowd of people and they will all be entertained and be like oh you're now playing that and then it's oh now you're playing like I opened a show with Shania Twain and then went to enter Sandman by Metallica and it was just probably the best received set list <laughs> I ever had so it just keeps everybody entertained at the you know end of the day Nice, Wonderful. nobody can get bored <laughs> doesn't sound like it. Hey, guys, whether you're watching this live
0: or in replay, on the screen right now, I've put in one of Dara's social handles so you can go and check her out on her main Facebook or on a personal Facebook page. I'm going to say You know what I'm trying to say? On that page, it's personal. Hey, I did it. <laughs> and um, get in touch. So and she's also got, I'm going to put your email up on the screen. So if you are looking to have an amazing musician join you, whether that's just in Florida or elsewhere, I'm sure Dara will be able to help you out.
1: Oh, yeah. So have you got any
0: gigs coming up that you um, you'd like to plug?
1: I'm playing at one of my favourite venues on Friday, but it is a private mm-hmm. event. It's at a, a nudist colony in Kissimmee. And um, it's, it's incredible. Um, and then I do have some shows around. I'm playing at quite a few moose lodges next month Cherry Pocket, Bar and Restaurant on the Lake. Yeah, the usual.
0: Nice. I nothing love that. Nothing too major. Okay. Yep. <laughs> And um, I love that you're coming to us from your van. You know, van life is a pretty spectacular way to spend your life. And I'm curious, are you outside a lake right now? I know you were spending time in the lake and the forest recently. Are you in a, in a, in a regular kind of situation or are you on the road right now?
1: Um, I'm act- I'm, I am parked by a lake, but I'm, I'm a little bit close to home. We uh, I'm trying to install solar panels so, yeah. So we don't have to be plugged in and, you know, once we get that, that sorted out, it'll be hitting the road and I have no idea where I'm going to go. Don't know where I'm going to end up. That's part of the fun, right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. when you were tra- girl yeah. I
0: was to say when when you were traveling, did you have a favorite place to stay and if sorry was it because of the people or the venue or the scenery or something else
1: definitely the scenery
0: tell us more about that
1: well I really love the beaches so anywhere that I can find sand and sunshine and waves is good by me so (laughs) I, I, I really enjoy being on the coast and that's really what I thought about when I wanted to get an RV to do this I was like I need to be playing at the beach more often because the only thing that could be better than playing full-time is playing at the beach full-time so those are my favorite places but I do enjoy hanging out in the woods as well
0: nice I could I could absolutely see you enjoying yourself on the beach and, and others coming to enjoy you as you do your thing and whether that be at the beach or elsewhere I imagine that you walk away with a smile at the end of it is there any reason that you wouldn't walk away with a smile or do you just come off the stage, like, beaming, can't, like, break your smile?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just continue to smile. And there have been times in the past where I've, I've had situations where I was not happy with the performance or something went wrong. Um, but the thing about being a performer and anybody who wants to step up on any stage is that as soon as you're in the venue, you're on stage. There's, there's nothing else that matters. Like as soon as you walk out the in the door, it, even when you pull in the parking lot, like you're on stage. So it, it really doesn't matter whether it's good or bad or, you know, however you're critiquing it yourself, you're always on stage. So you get off stage with a smile and you continue with the smile until you get home and you can cry it out. <laughs> 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 or, or however you decide to cope with it you know but one of the things with 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 being on stage is that mistakes happen you can yes. practice 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 and practice and so important whether that be rehearsing a speech or you know practicing your your set list mistakes are still going to happen whether that be technology that just fritzes out and you don't know how to handle it there mistakes are going to happen and and things outside of your control are going to as well. So being able to maintain a positive mindset when those things do inevitably occur is just gold for being able to continue and to get back up there and try again.
0: Yeah, makes sense. So again, is that something that you cultivate over time?
1: I think that's not like, that's just a, a part of mindset, you know? Um, if you're somebody who is uh, constantly in those negative thoughts, then it's something that obviously you have to work on. And and we all have those moments. We all have those voices in our head that tell us we're not good enough. It's just understanding that those are not true and um, getting back up on the horse. But I I think that developing a positive mindset long-term is definitely something that takes time you know to stand by and be consistently monitoring to to make sure that you're maintaining a solid outlook and self-talk
0: makes sense yeah cool and we've got a question on on the um screen at the moment curious to know again whether you're watching this live or in replay how's your mindset and if you've got any questions for dara we are live for the next half hour or so so please drop them in the comments i'm sure she would love to field some of your questions as well so, in terms of of mindset of a musician, you know, we've seen ebbs and flows where musicians will get on, uh, maybe make it big suddenly, you know, um, and you know their overnight successes. Which has just taken maybe fifteen years of practice, but suddenly they're they're out and and in the public eye, and then you can see a, a major crash will happen before they often lift themselves up. If you were to be coaching one of those musicians who was has just come out of the like maybe a big, big hit or, or, or an amazing tour or something, and you notice that their mindset started to falter, what would you give them?
1: Well, I would definitely, um, you know, tell them to take some time and, 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 and work on it. it, start really caring for themselves and ask them what their motivation is for why they're doing what they're doing. And by finding that big why, like, for instance, my why is because I can connect with people. And when I get to walk through the crowd and like wipe tears off of somebody's face or laugh with them, it really makes all the difference. It makes it worth it every time.
0: Yeah, I love that. So that that really connecting with your music, you know, and wiping the tears off someone's face, what a beautiful thing to, to evoke for someone's feelings. Um, is it something that you find that, like you obviously said, you know, you go from one genre to another or you can, you know, go from one style to another and I'm sure that, you know, if someone called you up for a wedding and they had a set list, they wanted you to play, you'd be all over that. Do you find that you're often connecting with that audience and literally, you know, wiping those tears away or is it a different form of connection that you would usually uh, withstand on stage?
1: Um, Well, there are a couple of songs in particular that always bring the tears and it doesn't matter who it is, uh, they they just start crying. So sometimes I'll avoid those if I don't feel like I have the capacity to hold on to that for them. Um, Yep. You know, because some days I just I don't have all the energy or some days I'm just not in the right space for myself. So I'll pick things that are a little bit easier for me to hold on to that burden for them, because once they release it, it's like that feedback loop I was referring to earlier. It's like I get that as well. So it it can be pretty, pretty hard sometimes to be able to maintain that safe space for them as well. Does that make sense? I don't know if I answered your question. Makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, it does make sense, So you know, and to be able to be aware of yourself so that you know how vulnerable you're prepared to be in that moment must make a huge difference because just putting yourself out there, you know, you could really shoot yourself in the foot, whether that be on on stage or in your energy levels the next few days. Would that be fair to say?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Nice.
0: So I'm curious then, does your diet, bring um come into play at all like do you eat a certain amount of certain food or do you have a certain drink that you go to to boost your energy in preparation for the show
1: um not necessarily but i do avoid like milk products okay. they're never very good for my throat which i'm not really a fan of dairy anymore anyway mm-hmm. but like they just don't do well for my throat and like carbonated beverages can't tell you how many times I've accidentally had to burp into a mic like in between (laughs) words of a song like I'm like did anybody notice that (laughs) (laughs) usually no no one does but yeah Yeah, Uh, as far as energy energy and stuff I mean I always make sure to take snacks and stuff with me because once I get hungry I need to eat like right then so I've got big bag of nuts that I carry around any kind of like clean finger foods that I can just shovel in real quick in between sets or songs is always a go-to. I take a lunch box with me everywhere.
0: Okay. So you're not, like, in between, like, coming off stage, in between an encore, like, you know, munching on a Mars bar and a big beer, you know, that's not going to do yeah. well for your voice or your body, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So it's like something, something more nutritious and delicious and, and quick and easy. I love that you said it was also clean, you know, clean finger-wise, do you mean, or clean... Body
1: wise, or is it both? Body wise, it doesn't have to yeah. be clean from my fingers. Yeah, nice.
0: <laughs> I was imagining like a bit of guacamole lot flying off stage. You know,
1: that's <laughs> <laughs> up. <laughs> and I think so, I think an, another thing that you know ask that I would ask somebody like coming from a high in their career or just like kind of taking that dip would be to really reconnect with themselves and to wonder uh, like to to say like where where is this thought process coming from that you're becoming like more negative in your thinking or or harder on yourself and whether or not that comes from a place of authenticity from what they are looking for or if it is more of a backlash of any kind of criticism or what other people are saying or thinking or doing whether that be like from an audience that may have been following and maybe isn't following or from competition and what they're doing. um, I would definitely have them analyze those kind of things and figure out if that's really where that's stemming from because if so, it's not necessarily going to help them move forward or to overcome the challenges they're facing.
0: Mm, Makes sense. Yeah, I remember I was seeing various interviews over time, too, where people have said, you know, I felt like I've sold out, you know, that people who originally followed my music will have noticed a difference, and I certainly have, in my own music. Is is that a common thing to, to be, you know, swayed by record companies to produce whether it be more pop music or, you know, something more radio-friendly than, than that which feels right for the musicians to
1: play? I've heard of it quite, quite a few times. Um I haven't experienced it firsthand myself, Good. so I don't yeah. really have a set answer on that other than I, I have heard that from people time and time again talking to musicians. Oh, I would take that opportunity, but I don't want to sell out. Um, but that, yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah. And it's curious, I think, you know, what is selling out, you know, like some people will go to work nine to five and- you know, sell themselves out to to pay for their bills and you know for their food and stuff like that. How is it selling yourself out by following your dreams and putting yourself out there, doing what you love? For me, it's, it's been this constant question. Like you know, I, I've loved music since I was a little girl, and. Countless shows over time, and it's something that I've actually asked the musicians. Like, I've gone up, you know, fangirling and grabbed a set list or something, and you know, ask a question. And yeah, I, I find some can get um this real sense of, oh, but others will get this real sense of, oh, yeah. <laughs> a beautiful thing to witness and to you know to, to watch especially because you know you mentioned before you know once you get to the venue like you know pull out into the into the car park you know you're on stage then people are watching you and noticing how you go about your life and again at the other end of the set um what is something that you would recommend to other musicians to so say that they've got like a, a set and they've got a bit of a break before coming back out what's something that you would recommend to them that they they did with their time
1: I love that you asked that and this is what I try to tell everybody is it's it's you're on stage so a lot of times I see people will go and hang out backstage now of course this depends on the size of the show you're doing if we're talking like local shows smaller like bars restaurants sort of those kind of venues you it's super important to be connecting with the audience and it's super important that the 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 venue owners and the people who are doing the booking see that you're taking the time and you show the audience that you care. Um, and it just shows, you know, it, it shows genuineness. So I always recommend that on breaks, obviously, you know if you've got to have a snack, get your snack. If you're uploading the next set list because you didn't do it the night before, then take care of business. But also make sure that you spend the time and go out and say, thank you. And, and spend the time like just getting to know them. And, you know you can't sit there and dabble too long, but just being like, hey, I saw you dancing. I'm so glad you liked that song. Hey, I've seen you before. It's so nice to see you again. You wouldn't believe the difference in somebody just being acknowledged and saying, hey, I remember seeing you before. It just, they'll yeah. light up. Makes yeah. such a as, a,
0: as a consumer, I've been to gigs before and, uh, recently, I went to a gig. With someone I used to see in high school. You know, my friends and I, we would go hang out on the weekend at an all ages venue, and we would go see a gig. And we would have the best time dancing and singing and just being silly. And then, like 20 odd years later, you know, they've they've had a revival. And because you know, you listen to that song so many times, I knew all of the words. And the one <laughs> of the guitarists was like, "You knew the words more than me," and I remember you from. This time. <laughs> Like years ago, we had this beautiful conversation and it was because of that connection that they had, you know, all of them getting down and, you know, 20 years ago it was them signing our T-shirts or, or CDs and these days it, it's a it's a different sort of interaction, at least it has been on, on my behalf. Do you always bring like some sort of merch or what is the sort of, what, what is your system of, of sharing yourself um, in those times, Darren?
1: Um, currently I'm using, I'm just taking my business cards with me, which I know a lot of people will be like, business cards are dead, but it works for me to get, you know, I'll give one to a little girl and put my name on it and she'll just hang it up. I met a girl last weekend and she had got a poster from my old band. And during the show I had handed her the microphone, was letting her sing along At the end of the show, I made sure she got one of these posters, had all the guys in the band sign it. And that was four and a half, five years ago. And she just came to her to one of my shows this weekend with her mom. She's got the poster hanging next to her bed. Like she thinks I'm the biggest rock star. Because I was so real. And I was so down to earth with her, you know, and I acknowledged her. And she's just like, oh, my gosh, you know, I was like, yes, that's amazing. But yeah, there's there's quite a few different wow. things. What's worked in the past for me really well is t-shirts. Um, I've also done koozies. I've also done um, stickers and baseball caps. And those have always all, all worked really well. I recently rebranded my music. Did um, Recall <laughs> music rather than the different bands I was doing. Um, so I'm working on getting merch ready for that. I'm just kind of... Finding the groove for it first. I've switched my logo like four different times in eight months, and I'm like, I don't need to go get new shirts. Just yet. I need to make sure it's solid before I, before I spend the money on merchandise. You know, but those are all really good for income. Getting income, you know. I use stickers more as like a giveaway item.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Nice. When people would come up and put a tip in the bucket, I'd be like, I'll take a sticker. But I do know people who sell them as well
0: yeah 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 i think that's a a lovely thing i know some of my friends who pride themselves on coming away with the set list you know racing to the front of the stage and reaching out and i got that one first or oh, someone signed my shirt or you know got that sticker and putting on their bumper sticker or in their music room and you know they're playing along and you know they will just look at that sticker or they'll look at that piece of merch and be brought back to that time where they connected with that musician that made a huge difference in their life in one way or another. It's a beautiful thing to be able to inspire others.
1: Yeah, kind of like an anchor.
0: Yeah, true. Yeah. Wondering if maybe your next um, sticker might have a knuckle or something on it.
1: That's (laughs) a good idea.
0: Send me one. (laughs) so when it comes to inspiration you, you mentioned you know growing up you have a variety of different influences from um, people who influenced your grandparent's life who's your go-to musicians now who do you look to and go yes
1: uh, i like that question um to be honest i really really enjoy silence currently i think oh. i just i i'm still around music all the time but a lot of times I like to look up Ludwico Iannotti. He's a, I can't remember, Italian composer and he writes beautiful melodies and I just love it. So a lot of times, you know, if I'm not actually researching music and, and trying to learn songs, I'm listening to something that is just very soothing and every now and then just white noise. A guy asked me in the woods the other day, he said, oh, sign my journal. And what song would you listen, if you could only pick one song, what song would you listen to on repeat for, like, the rest of forever? And I was, like, easy. I'd pick Silence. Ooh. And as I kind of, he's, like, oh, my God. I was, like, what? Did I say something? He's like, no, I've never got that answer before. And as I continued to, like, develop that idea, about, I was, like, yeah, when you're in, like, with Silence, I can hear my own song. You know, so, like, the outside noise is just like really not mine so when i when i don't have that input it kind of allows me to extract everything that's going on internally
0: oh i love that you said silence and that was so impactful for both of you because i imagine you know if he's i mean asking other people too you know and never having that answer i wonder how when he walked away what where his thought pattern went Curious. Alright, I got a daggy joke for you. I'm not known for my jokes, so bear with me. <laughs> what did what did um, Beethoven say to Johann Sebastian when learning to parallel park? Bark it up.
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: I feel like um, a bit of jokes and levity help with both people feeling you know a little bit awkward or feeling that. Um, that movement into the silence, you know? We're, we're taught that silence is not necessarily the best thing, you know, in our go-go lives, you know? We've got to do this, we've got to do that, we've got to learn to parallel path. But when do we get taught to listen to our own thoughts? I love that you do that and that you're advocating for that. Is that then part of your process as you're listening to your thoughts when you go to write music or does it just come?
1: Oh, that process is hit or miss. It can be one thing one day and totally different the next day. Like it, but a lot of times, yes, it is like, it'll just, it'll just come when I'm in silence. Uh, most of the time when I'm driving down the road and cannot write anything down. So the, it will be like going 80 miles down the highway. Oh, I got this beautiful lyric in my head. And then before I can pull over and write it down, it's like, ah, and it's gone. It's has oh, no. oh, no. <laughs> But, yeah, I feel like it, it definitely comes out more and, and it'll give me, like, a basis of something. And then there's little spots that I need to work on and curate and to create something that, um, that is beautiful.
0: Nice. Yeah. And then do you, like, what's your personal process for writing music? Like, you said, that, you know, it's a bit hit or miss. And, you know, driving down the road, you know, is it a lyric that pops into your head or is it, is it a riff? Like, what is it that... Is is there a general order or is it
1: just all completely random for you? Um, Usually it's a melody with like, it's the lyrics going melodically is how it'll sound to me. Um, I haven't been playing guitar very long. I've been playing for maybe a year and a half. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely hard for me to be like, oh, that's, that's this note, this note, this note. So that translation process from here onto the instrument is something that I am still overcoming, mm-hmm. but um, I always can take what I have done and take it over to a friend's house and be like, all right, what note am I sa- Like, what is this and how do I get it to that? And they'll be like, oh, simple, blah, 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 blah. You know? so, but a lot of times I, I hear the, the intonations of the lyrics as they yeah. kind of play through.
0: Nice, nice. And I love that you say you, you, know, you can go to your friends and ask for their advice, you know. It's important to have people that we can look up to. That'd be fair to say.
1: Yeah, yeah, networking is so huge.
0: When you've um, gone out for yourself, you know, obviously you've broken into the music industry, you know, you're, you're out there and you're performing gigs, but you're also coaching musicians these days. What's something that you've been, you were looking for initially to, to help you to get to the stage where you're in now and grow
1: beyond even? Well, a lot of it was um, not being terrified. That, that was quite a bit of it. And then also I didn't have a whole lot of strategy on how to do it more often. So when I was starting out, we were playing one gig a month. And, um, I think as a group, that's what we were comfortable with because everybody had other jobs and, you know, we w- we only had X amount of material. So everybody had wives at home minus myself. And, um, so it, it, that's really what we could handle at the time. But once I decided that this was what I wanted to do, and this is what made me happy. And I felt like it was my right place. I really needed what I didn't have was a community of people that were going to uplift me. Um, a lot of what I ran into was a competition mindset of, well, I don't want you to book my gigs. Like, I'm going to book those gigs. So um, one of the things that I, I really I, – and I did have some of that, you know, but not, not a whole lot. And it made it, it made it a little difficult. But then also just finding the right resources to connect me with the people who were going to let me play and how to actually promote myself properly so that I would be seen and heard – without, you know, just being ignored.
0: Yeah, huge. Yeah. So being seen and heard without being ignored, is that something that you found a lot of other musicians as we're struggling with or are struggling with?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like, um, you know, having somebody, you can reach out to somebody, but if you're not providing them with the right material off rip so that they know what they're engaging in conversation with um, or you can have people that just do not answer their messages or they'll read it and they just that's it you know so understanding the the way to be really cordial and upfront, but also persistent you know um, I find that happens in all kinds of things I've got people who message me or I'll message them and they'll, they'll message once and then somehow I, I forget to message back you know people are so busy that it's not always intentional that they don't. So that's also part of that mindset is, like, is this really about me or is it just am I making it to say that it's about me? Um, so that persistence that I didn't quite understand in the beginning either and had to appropriately contact and then recontact and continue the follow-up process. It's not just letting it go. Yeah, got
0: you. So with that, that having to recontact and contact. Re- contact and recontact. even, um, is it something that, like, everybody has to do? It's not just, hey, it's just me, no one likes me shying away. You know, it's, it's a regular sort of thing that a lot of musicians face, whether they're big time or not. Would that be fair to say?
1: I think so. Um, and it, it, it varies. It varies per person that you're talking to. You know, you've got some places that are very open and receptive. They're like, here's the guy. Give him a call. He'll get you taken care of. There are others that say things like, well, can you send me some promotional material? There are others who just completely ignore you until you call them five times and they're like, fine, fine, you've got me this time. You know, so it's not necessarily anything to do with the musician. (laughs) I mean, it could be, you know, like obviously continue to practice and perfect your craft so that you're offering them a product that is going to be beneficial for them and you. But uh, for the most part, it depends on the other part of the phone.
0: makes sense yeah yeah got you okay so if say i'm an upcoming musician and i'm thinking about getting more gigs would you recommend that i put a show reel together or um put a a solo cd or what would what would your thoughts be on the matter
1: what i advocate with with my clients currently is by putting together a promo compilation video where you take, you, know, you want to show the variety of your styles. So for me, I've got a slow country song. I've got a heavy rock song. I've got a nineties tune. I've got a love song. Like I put a little bit of everything in there together and then just mash it with contact information at the front and the back. So, you know, if, if you're somebody who's doing just rock and roll, you're going to want one of your slow rock songs. You're going to want one that's like heavy and fast paced so just that it shows your variety and I found anywhere from between two and a half to three minutes is usually about the time that like if it depends also I think on who you're marketing to like I'm working with people who want to be more uh restaurants and bars and those types of things um and and they're busy people that you're sending this stuff to so two and Mm -hmm. a half three minutes you're going to be lucky if they actually watch the whole thing anyway um so, yeah, a compilation video, five or six songs, 20, 30 seconds a piece, um, yep. with contact information on the front and the back side where they can contact you and get with you. And I find that that works really well for this type of scene.
0: Makes sense. So, you don't want to be sending like a full set list. You know, this was me playing at Joe Blow's restaurant last week. You know, it's that, it's the top and uh, what well, is a, you know, a little piece of all of yourness. <laughs>
1: Yeah, some highlights, uh, yeah. and, I, and I've, I've worked with quite a few people who send them, like, this is my YouTube page, or this is my SoundCloud, and it's got, like, 20, 40, 50 videos on it, and, I mean, for me, if somebody sends me something like that, I'm like, well, where do I start, and how is this useful for me to spend my time doing this? So it's, oh, it's, it's, and it's nice that when you reach out that you can put those links on there, but it's also very good to have that one video that showcases your, your, your attributes, you know, it gives variety. And then if they want to look into it further, they can follow those links, but at least you've given them a taste of what they can look forward to. And if they want to continue digging into that, then they will. If they don't, mm-hmm. they won't.
0: That's true. Yeah, absolutely. So does that mean then in, in, um, in your world that having, a website or, you know, tech skills is really important? Or can you and do you outsource things?
1: Personally, I outsource things like video editing. It's just very easy for me to give somebody a hundred bucks and be like, all right, cool, get this done. Or, you know, I I think I paid 500 for my band video one time, but I mean, it also got me 95% booking rate. So in that way, the guy who did the video with all the moving angles and parts and things like that, like, the transitions and all. I didn't have to spend hours and hours fighting with the tech. I didn't have to, you know, do the recording myself because I'm on stage. I can't move a camera back and forth. So I definitely am a fan of outsourcing when it's available and when you can, but it's absolutely not necessary. Gotcha. you. Yeah,
0: yeah. so potentially you could set up cameras in different angles and have friends in the crowd setting it up and, and doing it yourself. However, it does sound like... You know, giving um, your thoughts and ideas to somebody else who's who's really loves that side of things, who can really put it together, is worth it. I mean, a ninety-five percent um, booking rate—that's pretty huge.
1: So yeah, that, um, is, is then <laughs> <laughs> you go. I don't think I would have. I do not think I would have gotten that return rate. On something that I created with my amateur video editing skills, but anywhere close. Okay, makes sense. But it's not to say it couldn't happen.
0: So, is that then something that you talk to people who come to you as a musicians coach that you help them to do? Or what do you actually tend to help people with more so at the moment?
1: I do run them through creating it um, with uh, as far as like the layout and and pointers on what kind of songs to put or where they feel comfortable doing that kind of thing. And I am working on a list of kind of like partners that will offer their services to my clients. Like, and I'm gonna have one speaker come in in the month of March into my group and just talk about what it takes to create a video that's memorable and engaging uh, and that sells uh, because obviously that's not my expertise. So I will walk through and and guide my clients to certain platforms or software that will help them um, and give them those kind of resources if they choose to do it themselves. But I also am working on creating a team of people that I can, hey, go check out this guy or this guy does really great video work. Here's a list of vendors that you could contact if you are looking to outsource. It's kind of up to them what they can and can't afford at the time. I mean, to start out, if you're just looking something to get your foot in the door, I think, you know, something's better than nothing and you get two or three gigs and then you can pay the guy to make yours more professional, you know?
0: Yeah, makes sense. Yeah.
1: So then um, the the list that you're compiling,
0: is that purely Florida or is it US-wide or...?
1: Um, Right now, I do have a couple people from Florida. I have not really branched out. I I have quite a few musicians um, that I'm working with not in Florida. But as far as those teams, I have not really started building that list in that direction.
0: Gotcha.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, sorry something to keep an eye out, I'm sure. I'm just going to pop your socials on the screen again. Uh, if you're watching this live or in replay and what Dara is speaking and sharing with you sounds amazing, please get in touch. She's an amazing human. We've connected a few times lately and I'm sure we will continue to do that. Looking forward to seeing your list come to life and you sharing that and not only that, like the benefits on from that. So someone said, hey, I got that list from you and I booked that job, you know. I couldn't do it before. And, you know, with, with your help, Tara, I got there. So thank you. It's a beautiful thing to be able to witness the growth in people, I think. And, it's you know, as coaches, we see that all the time. And I think that's a beautiful gift that we get that I, yeah. I, I really appreciate when other coaches share, you know, testimonials because you're like, yeah, you helped that person in that kindness way. It's just blossoming you know we're back at the beach and we're enjoying ourselves in the sand but we're also you know sharing what what lights us up yeah love that so moving forward then what's next for you
1: i am currently working on my marketing campaign for being a wedding singer That to me is just so novel than what I've done in the past. And I think that the bars and restaurants gave me great footing and I had a lot of ups and I had some pretty big downs, but it helped me to grow that confidence in myself and my product um, to be able to kind of uh, up it a little bit. So the weddings, I did a few of them last year and there's just such a different... Atmosphere, you know, everybody's there to celebrate. It's a big day, like it's something that people remember for the rest of their lives. You know, it's 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 a big deal. So just by the and, and when I, when I did the one in December, she was just so happy. You know, she's like, "Oh my God, I love this!" And I, everybody told me I should get a DJ, but they told me I was better off for getting you. And it was just so nice. You know, the authentic gratitude is just overflowing for an event that type you know oh i love that well
0: all the best with all those upcoming weddings i'm sure people are going to be like reaching out to you to book for for more than one reason if you were to think about weddings and and um the songs obviously you've performed at a few and going forward is there a song that really screams wedding to you like i went to a wedding uh, about two years ago and they had a guy playing acoustic guitar and it was metallic and nothing else matters and it just hit home you know you looked around and the hairs on my arm are sticking up now as i think back to that moment but literally the whole crowd there was like a hundred of us there and all of us had our hair sticking on it and you know all of us were crying and watching our makeup and the like guys too um and it was beautiful things. So. Is there
1: a wedding song that you would like to play? Um, Coming up, I'm actually doing a coffee shop wedding. It's themed by, uh, it's the Friends theme. And the one, the one song, well, I'll be playing just a couple of songs that aren't part of the Friends complete soundtrack because I wanted to make it customizable for them. And they were just like, ah, free play. I was like, no, 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 no we're playing the Friends soundtrack to be right on top of your theme. And, but they did ask me to play You're Still the One by Shania Twain. And um, as I said, Shania is one of my, definitely one of my earliest inspirations in music. So I'm really looking forward to that. Oh,
0: beautiful. Well, I'm sure that it will be a touching moment for yourself and and many others to witness as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we are heading to the end of the show. What we usually do is talk about a little bit of inspiration that we would like to share with our audience. Is there anything that you would like to share?
1: I have had an awesome time chatting with you today. And, and just keep on keeping on, you know, don't worry about what other people are saying and don't worry about what other people are doing. Do what's right and authentic to you. Be a good person and it's gonna go how you need it to, you know, trust the process.
0: Yeah, I love that. Trust that people are getting their pens out and writing through words down, trust Mm -hmm. the process. Yeah, it's really important that we do Go with the flow, but also, you know, go with a flow that's directional at times. And if you're feeling like you're you're a musician and you're unsure which direction to go, I, I wonder if there would be anyone that you could, I don't know, maybe reach out to and have a conversation that could ultimately change your trajectory of your career. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking to her now. Maybe you're looking at her on the pixels on your screen. Just postulating might be a good idea to reach out. And hey, to add to that, before you are talking about mistakes and, and, you know, things happen, I think what I've noticed is the more mistakes that a person makes, the more times they're trying new things and, you know, spreading apart the ocean and just like doing it, you know? And so if you're out there and you're just making mistake after mistake, after mistake, after mistake, I salute you, I congratulate you, keep on making those mistakes, keep thriving, keep wearing that smile, keep reaching out and chatting to people, journal, do what you need to do to get what maybe it's a lesson, maybe in it's experience, maybe it's a, oh, it's another mistake. Yay. Celebrate your mistakes and importantly, you know, especially from the uplift show perspective, go out and have uplifting conversations that set your heart, your heart even, your heart on fire, probably a different show. (laughs) I oh, gotta love hey. <laughs> Okay, well, until we see each other next, I giving you farewell. And on behalf of the uplift team from both myself and Mr. Niels Russell, we wish you all the very best and we'll talk soon. Take care. Design the life you desire. You're worth it.